prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to the Legend of Retro. I am one of your hosts, Craig WK, and with me is my partner in time, Chops. Hi, Craig. Where are we going in time today? Uh, we're going to go to the uh, year of 1987 and prevent you from being born. Oh, dear God. Uh, wait, I I have a hand in my own demise? I don't like this idea. It's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's uh, uh, what happened. Uh, didn't your parents ever tell you what happened on your date of birth? No, uh, uh, they did not. A toddler came into the room and was like, Your own son will be your son's own demise. <laughs> okay, well then. That's pretty prophetic for a toddler to say that. Uh, it was me. I was the toddler. Oh, you were the toddler. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, that was on the day of your birth, yeah. It was your first words you spoke. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was my hey, first why words. Were, why were you also in a hospital as a toddler? Uh, because it took me so long to, uh, speak. I was going for, uh, speech therapy or something. <laughs> okay, okay, or something. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah right? Real, real, uh, real solid, uh, backstory there, Craig. Gotcha. Or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, so today, if our listeners couldn't figure it out from us talking about unmaking ourselves... It's not Mario and Luigi partners in time, I'll definitely tell you that much. Good guess, though! Uh, because I think that uh, uh, in that game, Luigi does need like unmake uh, himself at some point. I have no idea. It's a good I game. It's, anyway. It's been so long since I've played it. Today we're talking about Chrono Trigger. The, uh... I will say, the greatest JRPG that has ever existed. Greatest? Yes. yes. My favorite? Nothing, not, not necessarily. But greatest? Yeah, probably. I think it might be the best. If the fans don't know by now, whatever our favorite is of a game series is obviously not in any way, shape, or form the greatest game of that series. Mega Man 6, Mega Man 7. Yeah, no, they're not the best. Yes. Uh, but, you know, uh, Chrono Trigger, which was released on August 11th, 1995, uh, I honestly, I feel like it kind of goes without saying how amazing this game is. Chops, like, I think that anyone clicking on the link to listen to this podcast didn't come here because they're like, what's this Chrono Trigger business about? <laughs> they well, know. I, I mean, young people, I guess, younger ish people into gaming, I don't think would know about it. I'd like to think they do, but fair enough, in case they don't. There's a lot of gamers, people out there who consider themselves gamers because of mobile games. Ah, idiots, of course. <laughs> yes, sure, whatever you say. But yes, I would say that that in the nerd realm of gaming, if you don't know what Chrono Trigger is, then you have a very niche category you've been focusing on. Probably. Uh, so yeah, it's a, a Japanese-style role-playing game. Uh, it stars Chrono, who's a silent protagonist, who ends up getting involved in this kind of weird, almost sci-fi-like story where he ends up having to travel through time to save his friend and prevent time from being radically altered. But in his adventures, finds that the future is bleak. There is a terrible fate that awaits this world. 
by the name of Lavos. And Chrono and his friends decide they're going to be the ones this time to change time and stop Lavos from annihilating their world. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, or at least like what your opinion is. Wasn't there a lot of 90s content that was like, oh, we stumbled, like, like these two people or this group of friends are like, oh, no, this bad thing happened to our friend. Let's go figure this out and help them out. And then they uncover some horrible, dark secret about the world. And then they must go on a quest to conquer or change. Like, I feel like the and I don't know if this is the beginning of that trope. Uh, it probably isn't, but I guess in my in my timeline it is. But I feel like the 90s had a lot of that, like, coy, playful entry, and then utter madness is actually going on, and they're the only ones that can prevent it. I was going to tell you you were crazy, but Earthbound starts very similarly to that, yeah. where Ness has to help his friend Pokey find his brother. Oh, wait, cosmic horror beyond imagining is going to come upon this world, and Ness needs to do something about it. So, yeah, no, you're right. That that trope is something that I'm sure Chrono Trigger didn't do, but I think was kind of big in the 90s. Yeah, and it's... I'm sure there's television series that were like that, like animated ones. Um, I, I don't know why, but I keep thinking of... Um, uh, what's that uh, that cartoon? Ar- King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. <laughs> they get set I in time. I don't know why. Tank's favorite cartoon. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know why that one's popping in my head. Maybe because they travel back in time, but that's about it. It uh, it wasn't the '90s, but uh, uh, in a similar vein. Not necessarily, you know, exactly like Chrono Trigger by any means. But there's like a Quantum Leap. Yeah. Back in the day which was about jumping through different people's lives, but it was throughout time. So, right. you know, they're, yeah, there's they're sort of similar stories that had been, you know, going for a while. Yeah, and the game, it just, like, it throws you into a really playful environment where it does feel like it's just, like, a, a fun adventure, and then the floor falls out from underneath you, and and it's, like, the weight of the world just is, is, is literally put on the character's shoulders, and you have... But they make it clear that they have, like, no experience whatsoever on how to save the world, how to, like, stop evil other than just, like, using their friendship and then using the the skills that they do have against whatever it is. Because you, like, you run across a robot at one point. You run across um, a cavewoman, like, who can't speak very well. A knight who's lost his honor and turned into a frog. Like, such weird... It's such a weird mix of characters, but like it's all combined and packaged in this like innocent comedy adventure. Yeah, there is a lot of uh, humor to the game. Like until some heavier moments later in the game, uh, which you know I'd like to think that most people have played through Chrono Trigger who are listening to this, but if they haven't, we'll keep it fairly spoiler free. And uh, you know, yeah, there's a heavy moment later in the game. But yeah, for the most part, there's a lot of humor. Uh, but it is interesting. Uh, a lot of games involving silent protagonists, you know, people complain of silent protagonists because they're like, ah, you know, they, they just don't have enough character. But Chrono has character. Like, even through just his actions without words, you know, like when his friend gets sent through time and he needs to be the one to stand up to do it, you know... You jump up to the plate, and Chrono's like, yeah, 
Like, he's, he's like, yeah, let's do this. He ain't saying it, but, like, he's gung-ho to jump into a portal that he doesn't know where it leads to. Yeah, he's not the... Because I think we got, again, in the 90s, just, like, overloaded with these silent protagonist games where the... Even though they were silent, they were angsty, you know? They had, like, this weird edge to them that just, that, like, puts a little bit of, like, I don't like you... But you're the hero, so I have to like you. Whereas Chrono is is definitely more of an innocent soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he. Despite being a silent character, uh, uh, he is incredibly, you know, heroic. Yeah, you feel justice. Like you feel like he has he has morals. Yeah, that he, he, that he believes in his friends. That he believes in doing the right thing. And it's all, like you said, through his actions, whether it's in the courtroom or Uh whether it's during the festival or, um, you know, what happens to him throughout the game uh, as far as, like, plot events with his character specifically. Um, I also think subtly the mini game uh, where you're trying to, where you're you're mimicking emotions, Uh I think also helps add to that like the liveliness of him oh in for some sure. weird way yeah yeah i the the mini games in general at the fair in the beginning of the game i think add to chrono especially when the the friend you meet there joins you uh mm-hmm. marley who you know we're not going to reveal too many spoilers or anything but uh marley uh you befriend at this fair and just from her commenting even on chrono's actions you get a lot of fun character there mm-hmm. right i uh, but i uh, Let's uh, quickly gloss over the interesting uh, mechanics to this game that separate it from other JRPGs. That, that no one else has been able to mimic. The only game that has come close is I Am Setsuna. And even mm-hmm. then, it's fine. I Am Setsuna is an alright game. It's it's not as good as Chrono Trigger by any stretch. No, but it, I wish more games would do this. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, Almost has like a uh, a flare of action to the combat system because attacks that you do have radiuses, and so you know you might have an attack that only attacks things around you, and mm-hmm. so if there's no one around you, you don't get to use that move. Yeah, it's it's you see your characters, so your characters level in your typical JRPG format. You gain levels, you gain stats, and then you gain tech, which is basically. It, it all encompasses, I think, magic and skills, right? Uh, yeah, techs are magic and uh, skills, yep. So then as you gain levels with your characters, your the tech, basically, some of them will, will cross and meet with other characters and form a more powerful attack. So uh, what, is, what is it? X, X-Strike? Um, X-Strike, where it's... Uh, Frog and Chrono, right? Mm-hmm. Or is yeah. it Robo? Yeah, Frog and Chrono, and they can do an X on the screen, and anything within the path of that attack gets damaged. Well, um, it's only the one in that particular ability. It's only one oh. enemy. Uh, but I, uh, but yeah. So uh, you have like the slash attack Chrono does, where it's in a line. It hits the first enemy, but it keeps going, and so you want to like line up as many enemies as possible. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad you brought up double text because those in the triple text really really make the combat fun and exciting because just about every battle 
you know, because let's face it, tech points are kind of a dime a dozen. You get a lot of them, and you get a lot of tens. Yeah, it's like another resource that you get yeah. off of enemies. Essentially, because, you know, they're dropping ethers, they're dropping tents. You know, there's a lot of spots where you can heal up and get all your tech points back. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just so much fun because it's like, oh, you know, Luca can uh, uh, use fire magic. Chrono has the sword attack. They have a fire sword technique where, like, yeah. you know, fire goes onto his sword and he smashes the enemy. And it's like, oh, my God, that's so fun. Uh, you know, there's just a ton to the game that gives it a lot of flair, you know, when it just comes to, like, regular combat. Mm-hmm. And it's the closest thing that I've I've found to that play style is in an action RPG. Um, I think it's Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Is that the one that I that I sunk a ton of time into? Yes. I can't remember if, it, if it's two or X two. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two, I think, is the one that you sunk a ton of time into. The one on the Switch. Yeah, and the one on Switch, and and in that they have a mechanic where you can, um, s- stun or knock the enemy up in the air. Another move can knock them down to the ground. Another move can pin them to the ground or knock them over or whatever, mm-hmm. like in some sort of combination. And so to get like big hits off you want to pair your moves with what the other team members in your party can do so that you can either set them up or they can set you up so you can follow the combo in advance. And, 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 and that's an action RPG. And like, that's the closest that I've come to that is really mimic that, which is crazy because they're one vastly different games mm-hmm. made many years apart. And I don't know why more games, more developers don't, well, I mean, I know that they're shifting more towards action-oriented, but yeah. why there isn't that, like, synergy thought of with characters when it comes to movesets and complementary things? Because I feel like too often, and more often than not, it's either the characters all have, like, similar abilities, they're just themed differently, mm-hmm. or the characters are exclusively focused in one direction and then every character has one specific role and then so then it 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 puts them into a box that that doesn't really help them fill because you you have like robo for instance who's a big robot and he hits really hard but then he's got like a beam that'll heal people Uh uh-huh which is super handy oh yeah absolutely the the all the characters in chrono trigger are very varied like yeah, Ayla, the cave woman, is your heaviest hitter and just hits like a truck. Oh, but yeah. she also steals from enemies like a thief would. <laughs> right. You know, right. it's so yeah, they the, the characters in Chrono Trigger, uh, unlike a lot of other RPG series out there, they're very balanced and kinda like, you know, uh uh just well rounded in general. And it lets you play the party you wanna play. Mm-hmm. Not the party that you have to play or the team that you've invested in in the beginning because you know you're always going to have those characters you started out with. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a total of six characters or seven? Uh, let's see. There's Chrono, Marley, Luca. That's three. We have Frog. We have Ayla. Yep. We have Robo. There's six. But maybe there's a hidden seventh character that we can't go revealing because he's such a D-bag. <laughs> Just watch Craig's recent uh, playthrough of the game on uh, on Twitch, and you'll see the character he didn't take because we hate him. Uh, I mean, I kind of like him, but like he is a D. He's a total yeah. D. 
He is a D. Uh, but, uh, Chops, before we continue too far, I do want to talk a little bit about the creation of Chrono Trigger. Oh, and, and how the stars aligned and the waters parted and basically a miracle happened? Yes, please go on. Yeah, so uh, the Dream Team made this game. Chrono Trigger is is a game that I, I don't know that anything like this could ever happen again. So, no, Or it'd be too expensive. Yeah, that's probably actually the case. So uh, the Dream Team was composed of Hironobu Sakaguchi, the creator of the Final Fantasy series, Yuji Hori, the creator of the Dragon Quest series, Akira Toriyama, the guy who did the art for Dragon Ball, Dragon Quest, uh, let's see, uh, let me just look to my manga shelf, uh, he also has done, uh... He's a prolific artist. Okay, fair enough. I won't just <laughs> list everything he's done. Fair enough. Uh, but you also have, uh, uh... Uh, on the Dream Team, Yasunori Mitsuda, who did most of the music, but ha who also had some help from Nobuo Uematsu. Yep. And then uh, Masato Kato. Oh, yeah? Did the writing for the, the game? Writer. I don't remember what, what they did. I think they were Dragon Quest as well, right? Uh, I can find out. The Masato Kato and then also uh, Kazuhiko Aoki produced the game. Uh, let's see. Uh, Masato Kato... Uh, they're an artist, uh, director, writer, uh, they are most famous for Chrono Trigger, but, uh, uh, based on a story draft by Yuji Hori. But they also ended up doing Radical Dreamers, mm. the sequel we never got to Chrono Trigger, Xenogears, Chrono Cross, Final Fantasy, uh, 11? Hmm. Can't win them all, I suppose. Uh, and Parts of 7? Eh, yeah, can't win them all. Uh, but, uh, they worked oh, okay. on, uh, yeah, a bunch of, uh, games like that. Uh, and then, uh, uh, the, uh, producer, who I mentioned, uh, Kazuhiko Aoki, uh, they did, wow, Final Fantasy 3 on the Nintendo, Final Fantasy 4, 7, 5, they just did a whole bunch of the Final Fantasy series. Uh, so yeah, the... Oh, yeah, go on. Oh, go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, you're, you're ex absolutely right. The the stars aligned, uh, and the the group, you know, uh, uh, got to, together to work on this game. And, I mean, it, it stood the test of time. It is, I think, the best Japanese RPG, probably the best RPG of all time. I had a great... Did, did you hear how they came up with the, like, how this happened? Oh, go on. It, so it, the whole reason this happened was because Sakaguchi went on a trip with uh, Yuji Hori and Akira Toriyama uh, for the Dragon Quest series to the United States. Uh -huh. And while they were in the United States, because of the things that they saw and, and everything that they experienced, it inspired them to create something new based of based off of what they saw in America, which is probably the only time anything good has ever come from from in that situation, we'll say, it, it, it ever. Um, and, and I'm really curious as to what they visited that would inspire them to create uh, such a game. 
Uh, um, Chops, it's when they came to America and then went traveling through time. Oh, right, yes, I forgot about that. They must have fallen into a time warp. I. Uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting, and we won't dwell on this too long, but uh, uh, from what I understand, Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana were all originally one project. Oh, okay. It was a project that was going to be on the CD add-on for the Super Nintendo that never came to fruition. The Philips one? Yeah! Right? Uh, well, uh, Philips was going to help with it, and then, like... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Sony was going to do it, Sony and then it, Nintendo was like, we don't like how Sony's getting the larger portion of the kind of company part, all, or all the, the finance and stuff. The, the, we don't want to deal with them. And then they got stuck with Philips, and it sucked. Yep. Uh, but I... Uh, yeah, apparently it was all one giant project where it was like a big giant world where you travel through uh, the world. It was it was almost it sounded like they were trying to make it almost open world, but also you would travel oh, wow. through time. It was going to be a really big project, and the CD add-on fell apart, and so yeah. Secret I mean, of Mana became its own thing, and the time traveling project got the Dream Team. I feel like in hindsight that maybe was for the better. I feel like this would be a very different video game world if Nintendo had forged an alliance with uh, Sony and yeah. never had to deal with the PlayStation. Like, Things would be extremely different. I think, honestly, it might be crazy talk, and maybe this is me being a bit of a Nintendo fanboy who also prefers Sony over Microsoft, but I think that there probably wouldn't be console wars. I think Nintendo would have crushed Sega... And then just kept on going. I don't know if that would be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, Sega was crushed in the long run anyway. Yeah, well, I just mean the, the lack of challenge to Nintendo. Oh, in the long run, probably <laughs> yeah. not great. Yeah, it would probably suck. Um, fun note, did you know that the English translation for this game was done in 30 days? That is very short. Isn't that crazy? For how much dialogue is in this game? There's a bit. It's, it is crazy. Now, I will say, it is not as wordy as, like, Final Fantasy VI of the time. No, uh, but it's it's so... But there's a lot of personality in the dialogue. Mm -hmm. Oh, for there's sure. There's a lot of quirky characters. And, and to try to translate, like, that humor in Japanese to humor in English, we've seen it fail many times. That is true. Uh, you know, even look at, like, uh, Final Fantasy VII. Its original yeah. translation that America got was bad. Mm -hmm. It was real bad. And so, yeah, no, you, you're right. I mean, it's it's impressive that they were able to, to you know, uh, uh, do so much with the game with such a short translation period. Yep. And, and the game itself... Um, I guess, I, and I didn't know about this when I was doing my research. Um, there was chunks. There was a chunk of it that was removed mm -hmm. because for the from the American release because of us being stupid Americans and Nintendo of America being like we know better than what what parents parents are mad at video games, so we gotta get these things cut. So like any instance of alcohol was like removed from the game it became cider yep and then um apparently there was a, a storyline that was cut out entirely that had to do with like religious things with some of the guys the bad bad guys in there 
Uh, well, uh, it's funny you say that because uh, uh, Magus is known in the Japanese version and later translations as the Fiend Lord, uh, which if you take as a, a very direct translation in Japanese is Ma'o, uh, M-A, like O-U. Uh, okay. And that would be Demon Lord. So the devil. Essentially. Uh, yeah. the, uh, what's interesting to me, though, is that uh, you can tell that Yuji Hori from Dragon Quest worked on this game because Dragon Quest deals with almost every one of the titles of the series of Dragon Quest deal with demon lords. Oh, yeah. Magus was known as the demon lord in the Japanese version. So, it, so you know, and I love it. Just like Yuji Hori is in there doing his demon lord Yuji Hori thing. It's just so, Craig, like, what would be a modern, like, group like this? Like, I can't even think of, like what famous creators of of three genres within the same field like like three games into the same genre i mean that would come together to create a a a masterpiece of a game i don't think it could ever happen again and i can't even think of other people to do that hold on we make a platformer okay shigeru miyamoto okay uh sakurai who did... Uh, he's the guy behind Smash Brothers and Kirby and the uh, newest Kid Icarus. Okay. I can't think of anyone else, though, off the top of my head. Uh, what about uh, uh, and Naughty Dog, who did uh, Crash Bandicoot? What uh, about Naughty Dog, okay, Chops? Right. Never mind, never mind, never mind. I take it back. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, yeah, I think that I, I, we would I never couldn't... see something like this again. No, it, it's, it's because of... You know, companies, game to studios, owning basically those people who are writing for their game, uh, and not it would never happen. It'd be like if um, it the likelihood of this happening again would be the likelihood of Hideo Kojima going back to Konami. Not very likely. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Yeah, not gonna not gonna happen. I. Uh, and for those who uh, have not played Chrono Trigger, and perhaps we have not sold you, uh, I'm taking a look at all of the reviews uh, from the time. And do you know what the lowest score is? And honestly, it kind of makes me sick that it's this low. Six? 8.5 out of 10. Oh, wow. That is, the low- that is the lowest score I'm seeing. Uh, it's uh, uh, GameSpot. I don't have the review itself in front of oh, me, okay. just that their score is an 8.5 out of 10. That's because they're wrong. Oh yeah, they're stupid and idiots for sure. And if you if you've ever listened to any of our list episodes of like greatest RPGs of all time or greatest Super Nintendo games, I can't remember which how many lists this game has appeared on. Oh, but gosh. um, you you know our outrage when Chrono Trigger is not in the top five. It is ridiculous. It has to be. It, it is. Five. Yeah, it is the best RPG of all time. And if you're ranking video games, it stands to reason that. You know, the RPG genre is a big one, and it's a very important one. It should be mm-hmm. somewhere near the top. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, Chops, is there any uh, interesting, like, speedrun info that you were able to find about this game? Or uh... What's crazy is is that there's a, there's a couple different categories. Well, not a couple. There's a lot of different categories for this game. Uh-huh. But there's categories for this game that involve RNG manipulation. And what I mean is, is that like there's certain games out there that are speedrun where 
they have it broken down to a science on if you move and do these actions or if you start the game at this point, um, like after it powers on, Mm-hmm. the RNG will be at this value. And they're literally able to play off of the fact that the RNG will be at this value and these amount of steps changes it to this value. And then these amount of actions change it to this value. So there's an any percent run of this game that is all about following a specific path that handles the RNG in the game so that you get crits when you want, you hit when you want, you can... Um, run away from enemies when you want like it, it, it literally allows you to just like completely manipulate the game to make it so you can speed run weird isn't that crazy that is insanity and so like uh the two the the two one two categories i'm going to mention is the any percent run which is uh first place is two hours 25 minutes and 38 seconds oh wow and then the hundred percent one is four hours and 32 minutes and 37 seconds. 100%. They're getting every item in the game that they can get in one run, beating every boss. Like, it's four hours. That is absurd. Yeah. That's crazy. That is insanity. I, I Mind you, I didn't rush through my playthrough by any means, but, like, you know, I, I was pretty quick. I didn't, like, lollygag too much. I only did the Black Omen once, and... Uh, yeah, it still took me like 20-ish hours, something like that. Yeah, right? It's crazy. It's one of those speedruns that like, you'd want to sit and watch, and it is long on some of these. Sure. Um, some of the categories, like there's a New Game Plus category that's six hours or six minutes and 19 seconds. <laughs> um, oh. But but like then you have your 100% you know non RNG manipulation glitchless ones that are like five hours long. So like it, it it seems daunting, but if you if you like the game series, you're gonna love the music the whole time you're watching. You're gonna love how they manipulate and get what they want from the characters. Like it's it's a really fun speed run to watch. That is interesting. I might have to watch that one. I uh, I'm not normally a giant speed run guy, but uh, that one seems interesting. Yeah, just to see how they go about manipulating things is is really interesting, in, in my opinion. No, absolutely, that is ridiculous. Um, one other fact that I wanted to go over with you, Craig, mm-hmm. is that um, we Chrono Trigger, I feel like is is defining the genre of JRPG. But it also defined video games in general because it was the first game to have a new game plus mode. I am so glad you remembered to talk about that because I would have completely flaked. Uh, Yeah, uh, new game plus adds so much replay value to Chrono Trigger. Uh, and, you know, the beauty of New Game Plus is I've heard people complain and they're like, oh, well, it just makes it easy in cheat mode the next time you play it. Mm-hmm. Well, then don't use New Game Plus. You right. don't have to. But the beauty of it is, is for those of us who like that kind of stuff, it's there. And the thing is, is Chrono Trigger's battle system, I almost argue it's more fun the second time around when you're overleveled because you're just always using techs. Yes, you're just having fun trying different things. Oh, yeah. Seeing how different combos work out. 
Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, the, the beauty of New Game Plus and Chrono Trigger is that there's, like, what, 15, 16 endings, depending on the version you're playing? Oh, uh, let's see. Nine different endings. Nine? Uh, let's see. I thought it was more than that. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a nine. Oh, maybe I'm over-exaggerating. I'll look it up. Yeah, take a look. I'm curious because I, I, maybe, yeah, I might be totally crazy. But anywho, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of endings, no matter the amount. Uh, and some of them you pretty much can only get if you use New Game Plus. Because, you know, like one of them is right at the start of the game. You you don't even have a full team and you take on the final boss. Uh, apparently, I'm also getting there's 13 endings. 13, that sounds right. I'm, get, I'm getting a whole bunch of different uh, totals. So well, It's probably yeah, because it of uh, different versions of the game. Because I think yeah. the DS version has a, a different end, or has more endings uh that include like chrono cross which i gotta say no one cares about it the music is amazing in chrono cross but man it's a dumb game it is it, I, I will never play it but uh, um to getting to the just a, one last thing on the new game plus mode like mm -hmm. that's defined almost video game standards for games that are role-playing-esque like you know uh, uh, uh oh um any of your adventure games, a lot of those are new game plus. Um, the, it's it's so much better for it's financially. You, you want to invest in the new game plus because it makes your game more replayable. So mm -hmm. then you can add more content to it or just have people playing it more often. Absolutely, uh, and you even have like uh, the Persona series of games have New Game Plus. And basically, it doesn't take, like, everything over to the new game, but a lot of the work you did gets sort of done that or, or stays as you start a new record, and you mm -hmm. don't have to worry about, like, raising, you know, certain stats and stuff or whatever. You can basically just sort of fly through the game and have more fun with it. And, yeah, I, I think the New Game Plus is a, an amazing system for, uh, you know, video games in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just this game... On top of the people who created it, mm -hmm. the, the mechanics, the music, the release of it, like the weird anime f movies you have now because of the newer releases of it, which are amazing if you like Akira Toriyama. Um, oh, yeah, they're great. Uh, like, there's just like, I don't know of another game that has impacted so many different elements of game design than Chrono Trigger. I, I I guess the only things that I can think of are, like, the very first video games, like Pong. Yeah. Or Tetris, like, like your, your like, legit original games. But as far as, like, in the middle, in the infancy of gaming, Chrono Trigger, I think, has done more and made more of an impact than any other game, I would say, has. And, and, that, and that's a big claim, I'm sure there's people out there that could argue with me on that, but it, it's hard to think of where modern role-playing games would be, action role-playing games, um, any game that has role-playing elements at all. It's hard to imagine where they would be without this game. I think you're right. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that you raise a, a valid point that there's probably people that could argue you on that point, but off the top of my head, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything. Yeah. Chops. You brought up the music. What do you say? We go ahead. We take a brief pause. Hear a word from one of our partners. And we get to the music. Let's do it. 
Imagine being stuck in a room for days, far from your friends and family while feeling sick and scared. Now, imagine being in that same room but having access to online gaming, virtual reality, 3D printing, Lego robotics, and the ability to create your own Twitch channel. At CSMOT Children's Hospital, we use video game technology to improve our patients' lives and help them reach their therapeutic goals. But we can't do it without your help. Every device and interaction provided to our patients is paid for by the thoughtful donations of gamers like you. If you want to help, then go to tiltify.com slash mottchildren. That's T-I-L-T-I-F-Y dot com slash M-O-T-T children. There, you can make a one-time donation or, if you're a content creator, learn how to stream for Mott. So if you want to help other gamers like you, please visit tiltify.com slash mottchildren and play for the little victors. Right, chops. So, so we're just gonna listen to the whole soundtrack, right? I mean, we might as well. It's an amazing soundtrack. Craig, I looked it up. There's three CDs worth of music in this game. Our listeners have the time. Yeah, right. They, they're listening to us. They don't have anything better to do. This episode is now called Chrono Trigger Radio, uh, where we just play the soundtrack. Uh, enjoy it. It's gonna be great. Track one. <laughs> so, chops. Yes. The music to Chrono Trigger, as we mentioned, was uh, Yasunori Mitsuda and Nobuo Uematsu. Yasunori Mitsuda did a, the bulk of uh, the music, but uh, do you know what game it was that led him to be working on Chrono Trigger? Is it uh, one of the Final Fantasy games? No. You're, you're very cold. Oh. And you're I, very... I... You're very cold, Chops, because you brought up a video game. Oh, okay. Um, he didn't work on anything in video games before this. And I don't think that uh, he, there's no anime he worked on before that. And I don't see any other projects before Chrono Trigger. This was his starting musical role, I think. Let's see. So there's a note here that I have that he had been... Uh, Yasunori Mitsuda had been working under Nobu Uematsu for many years as almost like a protege. Okay, so he was like an assistant for Nobu Uematsu as he was working on other things. But this is his first composition of his own. Yeah, because like I think a lot of people in in those days they that was commonplace. Like the the main guy's name would be on there, but he'd have supporting people help them oh. with composing things. Yeah, so he was a sound engineer who worked on games like uh, Final Fantasy V, The Seventh Saga, Secret of Mana, Romantic Saga Two. So he was That's in that. sound, but yeah, he never he never like spearheaded the music of a game. Nope, this. he was never a composer until Chrono Trigger. And things would never be the same after. Well, and Craig, apparently he worked so hard on it that he developed severe stomach ulcers from it and had to take a break. And that's why um, Umatsu had to finish the game for him. Isn't it? I mean, that sounds so Japanese. Like It, right? it does. It's super messed it's up. Sad. It is very sad. But also, I mean, did you hear the soundtrack? I mean, it slaps. It does. It does. It is off the chain, as the young people say. Indubitably. <laughs> Chops, let's go ahead and give a listen to the main theme of Chrono Trigger.
Wow. So good. So amazing. It is such a heroic theme, and it goes a long way for helping Chrono feel very heroic as you play this game, because this is also the theme of our main character. Yeah, it's it's heroic, but it's got a it's got an undertone of like sadness to it or darkness to it. You know, like it it, it plays on those like there's these lower tones and the t- the the timpani that's in it makes it sound very heroic and adventury. But just I think it, it, I don't know if it's in a minor key or not, but it it's a very interesting take on a main character's theme and the game's theme. Yeah, it, it is essentially the main character's theme with a, an added spice at the end, basically, is is mm-hmm. the main theme of Chrono Trigger. Uh, yeah, it is so, so good. It is just... And it's funny because, like, I always think to myself, like, yeah, Chrono Trigger's music is good, but I guess there's other character themes out there that are bet. It's like, man, I don't know if there are any better, but, uh, yeah. They're all so good. They really are. Uh, so next up, we have... Uh, a theme called Corridor of Time. Let's give this one a listen. is so good corridor of time is one of those themes that i feel like i could listen to for like hours on end and i have there (laughs) like there are youtube videos where they just have that song for like five hour loops and there have been times where i'm like working on dungeons and dragons stuff and the video stops and i'm like what and i look over and i'm like oh oh i guess i listened to the whole thing it's it's a it's something you'll see common throughout many of the songs but um uh, yasunori does a really good job of mixing ambience noises Mm -hmm. and and feelings with music so like corridors of time like it's it's echoey it feels like you're in a corridor but there's music playing so it it fills that that void of just noise um you, you find this very much in a lot of the um, like castle music or 
um, like cave music in the game yeah. where it is this mix of music with ambience and a lot of times games can do that really well but majority of the time they do it very poorly and especially in the super nintendo it's amazing to get that effect with such a compared to today's days uh a limited system granted it was more powerful than sega's but it it it's still limited in its respect of how at the time of the technology. So it's, it's amazing that that you can hear unique instruments, but then also get an ambiance feeling with it. Yeah, absolutely. It has such a weird, mysterious kind of sleepy feel to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, it's, it's, it is very hard to get that from any system with limited technology, whether that's a super Nintendo Sega Genesis. And yeah, it's certainly easier nowadays, but it don't mean we're hearing it nowadays. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so next up we have, uh, the theme of the epoch, the wings of time. Let's give it a listen. That breakdown after like a minute, mm-hmm. that is so good. Like, and most people will never hear that song after a minute because you know you fly around in the epoch, you get to where you're going, you're done. Right, exactly. But when it like gets to that minute uh, and it starts like getting that that breakdown, it's like, oh god, Mwah, love it's, it. it. It's such a nice uh, break from the the normal driving. And, and an ever beating music that is there before it, like with the double hi hat, the and the and the bass that's constantly going, which gives you that that feeling of travel, that gives you that feeling of adventure and movement. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to have that little break in there because if you think of like a journey, it's you go go go, and then you kind of take a moment to recollect yourself and take a break and take a moment. And it's yeah, it, it's just it's crazy. I don't. I don't know if the creator realizes how much of a story they tell with the music, uh, when you look back on it. 
It's awesome. I, I sure hope Yasunori Mitsuda has some idea because, uh, and I mean, you know, they're still making music and it's still amazing. Yes. I. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and listen to another song here. This is the uh, Boss Battle 2 theme. Let's give it a listen. I love how like pulse pounding that song is. It's it's very much a march, uh, like showing like forces are coming forward. And and I don't know if you noticed, Craig, but like majority of like those villains, it's the brass instruments that highlight those those uh, characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it, it and and I don't know if it's because of like how loud they are or how rash they can be but uh, it's fun to it's fun to hear all the different elements of in different instruments and how they play into the the overall shape of how the characters are portrayed in the game um like you know with the epoch started with like almost like steel drums mm-hmm. and then chrono's theme you know like it's just fun to hear those different unique like personalities to it yeah, absolutely. And speaking of unique personalities, we're going to go ahead and listen to Robo's theme. Uh, let's go ahead and give this a listen. Sorry, uh, that wasn't the right song. Uh, no, that wasn't, Craig. What did you do there? Uh, I'm sorry, Chops. The songs are just so similar that I felt like I had, I just thought I had the right one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. That happens. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's go ahead and actually play Robo's theme. Let's go ahead and give it a listen.
But, like, Yasunori Mitsuda totally had to gank that from Rick Astley, right? I mean, when, when did the song come out? Rick, his song? Uh, Rick Astley's uh, was from the 80s. Oh, well, maybe. Maybe while he was uh, busy having a stomach ulcer, he was like, uh, just, just, I've been, just put this song in there somehow. Let's, let's do this. Uh,. And like a haze of like pain and torment. <laughs> Nobuo Matsu like came into the studio and he was like hunched over the keyboard and he was like, uh, "Yesterday, Mitsuda, like, are are you okay, Mitsuda-san? Tell me, like, are you all right?" And he was just like, uh, "Never gonna give you up." And he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can, I can work with this. Come on, keep it coming. I'm never gonna let you down." <laughs> all right, yeah, no, you you keep coming. Yeah, yeah, d- don't don't go to bed. No, keep saying that. Oh man. So, Chrono Trigger. Amazing soundtrack, amazing game. Chops, what are your final words that you have to say about this game? It's hard to say, play this game, because I don't think the expectations that a person has for it will ever live up to what the game is, because it's so hyped. The game is so hyped that it I is. feel like it, it ruins the game for people, unfortunately. I would argue, Chops, that it is the hype. I, I Again, and I would too, because I played it before I knew of the hype. That's fair. But, but it, it's... If you want to have um, the... I would say the guideposts of JRPGs under your belt that you've played... This is one of those guideposts that you have to play and experience. Even if you don't finish it, that's fine. But at least play it through uh, like halfway. At least give it halfway. And 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 if you don't finish it by then, I, then I don't know what's happening with you. You either got in a horrible car accident and lost both your arms or uh, or dead. Um, it's only one of those two options that would have caused you to never finish the game. God, Chops, I should hope dead if they're not going to play Chrono Trigger. Right, I know. I guess you could still use your feet. I should hope they'd be dead. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, I I mean, Chops is dead on. Uh, you know, it, it, there's so much amazing stuff to this game. But it is. It is super hyped up. And so for anyone who's like on the fence about playing it, yeah, you know, it's it's probably going to be hard to live up to that hype, but this is one of those rare games where it might just be the hype. Like it, it, could. it might just be everything we say it is and more. True. It would have been interesting to, like, go in a completely opposite route for this episode and just been like, oh, this game's garbage, whatever, you won't like it, we don't think you should play it, and then see yeah. if anyone's like, yeah, well, I played it, and it was actually good. Ugh, Mario is Missing is way better than this game. <laughs> I mean, Mario is missing. There's something completely out out there that has nothing to do with it. Mario is missing is a way better RPG than Chrono Trigger. Uh, What? You know, like it's it's not Dragon Warrior. It's not it's not Final Fantasy. I love those game franchises, but I hate this game. That would be the ultimate disservice to this game. Is that is a person who loves everything the individual creators have done, but when they work together, it's garbage. I really liked uh, Yasunori Mitsuda's work when he wasn't in the Chrono Trigger Dream Team. <laughs> I liked it better when he was a sound engineer. I uh, uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's such a great game. I. There's no way that as Legend of Retro was kind of, you know, 
going through the highlights as we reach the end of the show that we couldn't talk about Chrono Trigger. For sure. When we did a community play on it. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Uh, Some people are still playing it right now, I think. Right. I I didn't participate in it because I had I had recently played the game. So I was like, I don't I really don't want to go back through this game. Like after you beat it, you do need time to recover from it. Yeah, I mean, all, all RPGs, I think you do. It's hard to play the same RPG over and over and over again. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack from it, but mm-hmm. it's an amazing game. Everyone should play it and try not to be swayed by the hype. Yes, precisely. Uh, but Chops, I tell you what, let's uh, go ahead and uh, take a moment uh, and uh, dive into our retro relapse for today. Jones in for a classic game? It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So today we are talking about a Retro Relapse that we may or may not have done before? Uh, yeah. Should we give some background on what happened? Absolutely. I think that's one of the most interesting things about this. Uh, in a previous episode... We did a retro relapse on a Super Nintendo game that never came to America called The Fireman. And in this recording, we get through the episode and we're like, okay, that was really good. That went well. And upon editing it, Xander was like, what happened to Chops? (laughs) Something happened with the audio where only Chops vanished. And... and this was using a new platform that we were recording with. And what happened was it had all my audio up to the retro relapse. And then that, and then everything after that was gone. It sounded like we were like crazy. And like chops was like in our heads and we're like, chops, what do you have to say about this? And there'd be a long, awkward pause. And we'd be like, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. It was really weird. It was really weird. I don't know if we still have that audio at all. Uh, Maybe we released it. I don't know. And it was, uh, so yeah, so we had to cut that section and do a different retro relapse, um, or, or whatever we did. I don't remember what, what happened. I don't even remember what episode it was for, but it, uh, so we had this one like banked up and this was months ago. It was a long like, time ago. Like, this is last year, maybe? Oh, uh, 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 I hope not, but maybe? No, I, I think it was I earlier this year. I don't know. It, maybe anyways, it was late last year? Maybe it was. It uh, was, yeah. It w- it's it's not hard to forget this game. I will tell you that much. It is a very unique game. Uh, it is. It is this arcade uh, well, let's give a bit of backstory. It was from Human Entertainment. Uh, it uh, came out in Japan in uh, September of 1994, but it hit Europe in May of 95. So there is a translation that's out there, the European version. Uh, but, like, we never got in America. And Human Entertainment has done some uh, kind of interesting games. They did the Gilligan's Island game on the Nintendo. Oh, okay. They did uh, uh, Kabuki Quantum Fighter. They did Monster Party. They uh, went on to do a bunch of the Fire Pro Wrestling games, Clock Tower. Like, they have some weird eclectic games out there, and this isn't really different in that sense. It's it's fun because, and, and I don't know manga series that well, but it, it definitely feels like current day manga, we'll say manga, um, 
I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but but like manga these days is super like into taking like a job and turning it into an anime. And there is like a fireman anime out there. There is. Um, it's so, like, all this right. Is, this, is, this is like the proto version of whatever that that wave of weird anime that we get where it's like one specific job and that's the whole anime. It's funny I don't know what that's called. It's I don't even know if it has a name, but I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is funny because this game has a kind of cartoon comic book quality to it. In the sense, there's a story. Yeah, there is. Like you, like have to go through this building and like uh, uh, your your oper uh, uh, operative operator, the the person talking the to you. Yeah, yeah, the radio person, like telling yeah. you like the the status of the building from outside. Yeah, they're like they give you info as you go through. Uh, the uh, like in the first level, they get a hold of the architect, and you on the line are like, "Why is this building so confusing?" And they're like, "Well, we didn't design it to, like you know to to be dealt with like you know in a case of a fire. We made it really interesting." And like, so they have all these stupid plot reasons for why these buildings are so stupidly constructed. Yeah. But it's fun. It makes it really dumb because it doesn't really detract from the game. It's like the story no, is it, just it, keeps going. It adds tension to this gameplay that's very simple of of you and a fire as a fireman putting out fire with a fire hose yeah. in different ways and then like fighting like fire based bosses, um, but like it creates tension and story in a, in a world where otherwise it would probably just be a a dialogueless arcade shooter, you know? Oh yeah, it it, it is arcadey. But uh, it, it is, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed my time with it. I uh, Typically we spend like, I don't know, maybe 15-ish minutes playing a retro relapse game just to kind of get the gist of it. I think I ended up spending like maybe an hour, hour and a half when I played. Like I played for quite a while, I remember. Yeah, because it's on the Switch, right? Uh, no, it is on the uh, uh, My Hacked Super Nintendo Mini. Is but it? Where did I play it? Probably the emulator and ROM. <clears throat> Oh, maybe. I don't know. I feel like I played this. And so I don't know how. I don't remember how I played it. But either way, like if you can get your hands on this game, like it's fun. I don't even know. I like I would be curious to see what the end of it is, like what how it ends. Oh, absolutely. I um, uh, oh, the other human entertainment game I was trying to think of uh, it was SOS, which, which uh, Glitch enjoyed. Yes, that was the like the first one of of these, as they called them, disaster games. <laughs> Uh, that's such a weird like weird genre of game but uh it worked in this case we gotta we gotta research after this episode what the genre of of anime slash manga i'm thinking of is called where you take a job and, and it becomes an anime yes i i wish i could say that you were crazy but no that is absolutely a thing that's like a thing happening now right like that hasn't always been a thing uh right I think that it's become more common lately, but I don't think that it's necessarily only a new thing. But we'd have to look into it. I mean, it. it's very American, too. Like, we have, like, ER, Chicago Fire, NYPD Blue. Like, like we have, like, very role, job-specific TV shows that are drama-oriented. That's so I guess true. it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I guess it's just for me in, in equating it to something that I, I know a more about and that's closer to it would be manga or anime. Right, absolutely. I, I certainly, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, Japan's so silly with all these, oh, right. 
er and nypd yeah, blues no. and uh, Grey's yeah. anatomy like we mm-hmm. we just we eat that stuff up oh yeah no that's As true dumb americans anyways um on the on the 8-bit scale craig uh if you had to give this um eight fire hoses or out of eight fire hoses how many how many would you give it i maybe it's because we've played so many terrible retro relapse games but i'm gonna go seven out of eight Wow, yeah, I, I would give this, uh, I would call this as a seven alarm fire out of eight for uh, for me as well. Oh yeah, definitely pull in seven fire alarms to uh, play oh, this yeah. guy. Oh yeah, it's fun, it's it's stupid, like it's just silly, like it's a silly fun game. Yeah. That's, that's all I got. Yeah, it, it's good though, it is solid. It is, it is. It is. The controls are simple, too. Oh, ultra simple. Yeah, that, that arcade style that it has makes it so accessible. Yep. So it's also probably uh, good for uh, younger uh, players as well, I would imagine. Yeah, I would assume so. Uh, but uh, Chops, ain't no music bracket. There's uh, there's not much else uh, left to talk about today, I don't think. No, I guess... Um... The, the show's ending i don't i don't know what else to say like <laughs> we're, we're coming up on some of the last few episodes here like enjoy them while you can no i'm kidding uh, you, you go be able to listen to that for a while what jobs how great would it have been if you were like the show's ending and that's just where you stopped <laughs> and that's where we ended the show it's not even glitch and xander in the last episode it's just us two talking about chrono trigger in a regular episode and then it's just uh, yeah the show's ending and it just abruptly ends no end music just silence i should have i should have i should have read the room i should have done that you would have totally played in the part if i went silent you oh, totally absolutely. would have played into it oh i absolutely would have well jokes on me then i guess it sucks to be me for not following up with that well if it's any consolation uh, I bet the listeners aren't going to be too thrilled when we have an entire episode uh, devoted to me just dunking on all of them. Right. Yeah, that's going to be a real fun episode. And it's and it's just Craig dunking on people. Like, we're going to be there, but, like, we won't even be able to participate in it. We might ask some qualifying or clarifying questions, but it is just Craig dunking on everyone, No, no matter who you are. Hey, Sean Flack, you've had it too good for too long. Oh, uh, and Craig, Craig held up a list, too. He just pointed at Sean's name. And it's a long list. I'm not going to read any names that are on it because it, it'll ruin things. But, like, it's in a notebook that I think is filled with people he's going to dunk. Time to give Flack that attack. There you go. There it is. All right, Craig. Let's uh, let's close this out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we will see you all next time when the, when legend, the legend continues. continues.